There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Rosho Nesterovich, Bostia Nakbar, Joey Devine, Goran Dragic, Benno Udri, Zoran Dragic, Sean Keane, Sasha Vujicic, Vlatko Konkar, yeah, Patreons, oh, basketball, with Katie Heindel and Sean Woodley, thank you, uh, basketball, Sean Woodley, thank you, Sean, Katie's not an individual Patreon, musical guest, the Rembrandts, and now the temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine! Hi, it's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock podcast, and we are back with an extreme playoff edition. <laughs> I don't know why it's extreme, but it is. No, it's extreme. It's extreme. Uh, I'm here. Well, first off, I'd just like to say uh, Don Pardo. Thank you so much for in, for naming all those bitch ass pussy ass white boys uh, uh-huh. <laughs> as our team. Uh, that voice you're hearing is Sean Keane. Sean, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm. I am also a bitch ass pussy ass white boy. Just we? for the record. All right. Well, I can. That's why we can say it, Joey. <laughs> we can say it because of that. Can't, all right. First off, you can't say that unless you're a pussy ass. All right. <laughs> but first off, uh. There, why? We looked it up today. 
trying to figure out exactly which one it is. And it seems split 50-50 that some people think Montrez Harrell said bitch-ass white boy, uh. and some said pussy-ass white boy. And you know what? When you watch it, it's very clearly bitch-ass. So I don't understand why some people are claiming... He said pussy said ass. Pussy ass it's boy. like you want it you just want to say pussy. Let's be honest if you think that's what he said. <laughs> uh we are getting an E this episode. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um Sean. Uh well, first off I should say apologies to listeners for uh not uploading last week, but um my job I was really busy at my job, and uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. It's it's my fault. Blame me, not Sean. It's on me. <laughs> uh, business right off the uh, off the top at Round Rock Pod on Twitter. Roundrockpod at gmail.com is the email. Patreon.com slash roundrockpod. Five star reviews on iTunes. There's a T Public store with a bunch of great uh, merch. Be like Alex Seaquig and order two t-shirts, even if you don't have a job. Uh, that was cool. That's cool. You should definitely do that. <laughs> and government's got the government's gonna take care of us, guys. <laughs> Buy a shirt. Uh, and yeah, did I forget anything? The T Public uh, story. The link is in the description. Use that link because we make a couple extra dollars. Um. Normally, this is when we'd release a George Carl episode, but we because we didn't do an episode last week, we're pushing it this week. Um, George Carl was in the news. <laughs> we don't have him. We'll talk about that later on the Patreon this week with yeah. our friend Big Corbs. Oh, uh, the blog, roundballrock.net. Sean, didn't you write a bunch of stuff this week? I did. Uh, what did I write about? We wrote about... Um... <laughs> I'm going to have a thing tomorrow about who t- who the team's lottery representatives really should be. Mm-hmm. Um, while Big Corbs has a piece uh, encouraging some team to hire Mark Jackson. Uh, he talks about the Carl Jackson beef. Uh, we wrote about Jim Boylan's uh, HR file. We did. Very funny. At work. And then uh, I talked about the terrible hat that mm-hmm. LeBron Oh, that was really that good. Cap. The yeah. cap to a hat fight. And also we had a great... Um, uh, piece on Tim Hardaway Jr. from Johnny Apig. Um, uh, yeah. And then um, Corbs tries to analyze why the shooting is so good in the bubble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure. Th- I'm sure there's real analysis going on there. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sean, uh, we have some voicemails. I lo- I let me tell you this. I love it when we get voicemails from the readers. I really and love getting a voicemail. Voicemails, it's... Oh, I, that's the other business. Call us on the phone. It's in the description of the podcast. Um, after you've bought 25 t-shirts, no matter how, how much income you have coming in. <laughs> Seriously, I think we need to give Alex some money for those t-shirts. <laughs> um, Alright, um, let's go to the phones. Sean and Joey can't come to the phone right now, but luckily phones are the domains of me, a robot. If you know the extension of Tillman Fertita, please dial it now. Press 1 to have a single beer with Zach Lowe. 
Press 2 for Senegal-related inquiries. Press 3 for Movie Times read by Brooke Lopez. Press 33 to hear problematic things Bill Simmons wrote in the early 2000s. Press 0 at any time to leave a message for Sean and Joey. That's right, you two can leave a message for Sean and Joey, just dial 3236820342. Once again that number is, 3236820342, please give me a call, being a robot is a solitary road. Alright Sean, our first call comes from our friend Micah Wimmer. Micah, who might I add, uh, you know what, you know what's a good thing about Micah? You know where he used to live? Mm-hmm. The same place Tim Hardaway Jr. used to live. The same place I used to live, Alameda, California. <laughs> um, let's hear Micah's call. <laughs> hey, Sean, Joey, it's Micah Wimmer, and I was just, uh, I've been starting quarantine, like, watching and rewatching a bunch of movies, and, uh, last week I rewatched, uh, Boogie Nights. And it got me about Jimmy Butler, because of his well-known and odd relationship with Mark Wahlberg. And I was wondering, has Jimmy Butler seen Boogie Nights? Um, if so, like, what do you think of it? And what do you think Jimmy Butler's favorite Mark Wahlberg movie is? Um, I'll eagerly await your, your thoughts on this urgent matter. Thanks, guys. All right, Sean. So Micah's question is, of course, has Jimmy Butler seen Boogie Nights and does he like it? Um, let's I think let's he cover li- that part first. Okay. First of all, Jimmy Butler really likes boogie nights i agree uh, but, i agree but he's yeah i don't know that he necessarily gets all of the subtext because i think like he kind of identifies with like a chest rockwell type the only you know? thing that jimmy butler doesn't <laughs> understand in boogie nights is how it's set in the past right because he like, doesn't have rear view mirrors on his car remember so he right, doesn't that's understand right. so he's like <laughs> Like, how is this a retrospective? I don't understand what that means. And yeah. he's like, well, obviously, this is uh, set in a not very dystopian future. Uh, like he's it's like the 1970s never happened. Uh huh. Well, he uh, <laughs> I also I just I think he has some chess Rockwell vibes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I can see him teaching someone karate uh he's into going into the recording studio. He's into asking people how much they bench. Uh, And he likes having interests outside of basketball. I could see him learning magic. Uh, Here is my question for you, Sean. Uh Uh, Let's. (laughs) This is going to take a long time, and I'm sorry I did it, but I have to do it now because it won't leave Uh my brain. Okay. Who is the little Bill of the Miami Heat? Oh, oh, the Macy. Yeah. Who had God. to die so they could thrive? <laughs> I mean, I guess is it Justice Winslow? Well, no, it's 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 Hassan Whiteside. I right? mean, Burt Reynolds, Jack Horner is one hundred percent Pat Riley. There's Pat Riley, like yeah, never yeah. been a more Pat Riley uh, corollary. Well, and and uh, look, Mickey Arison is the Colonel. We just haven't found out mm-hmm. what his crime is yet. But it he owns a line of cruise ships. Yeah. Like, look, it's not. It's not going to be the same crime as the colonel, but uh, couldn't you hear um, Mickey Arison saying that he liked lollipops in his mouth and butter in his ass? <laughs> yes. Uh, so okay, I, so I'm th- we've sure. got those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, Spolstra, to me, is for sure Amber Waves. Just 100%. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, he's the mother figure. Yeah, 100%. So Worked his way up, you know? <laughs> so who is... So is Jimmy Butler's Reed Rothschild... That is, that is who he... I think he sees himself as, like, capable of being a star. But ultimately, like, Jimmy Butler likes being a facilitator. Oh, see, you know I think... I mean? You think Jimmy Butler's Reed Rothschild? Because to me... It's very obvious that Jimmy Butler is the Mark Wahlberg, is the Dirk Diggler of the Miami Heat, and the Reed Rothschild is uh, Tyler Hero. He just loves Tyler Hero so much. (laughs) I just think that Jimmy (laughs) Butler's overall vibe is very Reed Mm -hmm. Rothschild, but uh, I I was not thinking of it in the context of the Miami Heat. Yes. You know what I mean? I think when you consider it in the context. Bam, Bam? I mean, I mean, I think Bam's Buck Swope, right? Don Cheadle, or no? Bam's Roller Girl, dude. <laughs> Wait, so is is maybe? Yeah, who is little bit is little Bill? Is that Justice Winslow who had to be sent away? Is that uh, is that Hassan Whiteside? I mean, little Bill might have might actually be. Andre Iguodala, right? Because he's like, he sort of was dead in midseason, and now he's back. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think we can all agree that Uh I don't think the Miami Heat have a Scotty J. You don't think they have a Scotty J? You don't think think that Scotty J is? (laughs) I mean, I kind of think that was Duncan Robinson for a while. Mm -hmm. He just, it just like if. If Scotty J turned out to be like really good at porn <laughs> and no one realized it, that's Duncan Robinson. Like Scotty J had just like hung out a little longer and they'd just given him a shot. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, man, he can he can he can really nail these girls from from the corner. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't have anyone to do that, you know, but like unlikely background kind of was almost like cosplaying as an NBA player. <laughs> um. Jimmy, I bought uh, Jimmy. I bought this this cowboy hat. <laughs> Do you think these cowboy boots are cool? Uh, I think Kendrick Nunn is obviously Todd Parker because he's a yeah, huge oh, scumbag. He's a total <laughs> scumbag. He's really a lot of trouble. And also, might be the death of them in the playoffs eventually. Um, <laughs> yeah, it could it could certainly happen. Uh, now, who is Floyd Gondoli? Oh, Floyd Gondoli. Um, <laughs> This is a good question. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Floyd Gondoli likes butter in his ass and lollipops in his mouth. I'm sorry. That I'm. I'm sorry. That, I, <laughs> Don't worry I, about I, it. I, I want to apologize to Floyd Gondoli, but not Mickey Harrison. <laughs> so you think so Mickey like, Harrison is Floyd Gondoli? No, I think he's yeah, the colonel. He's the colonel just, for sure. Yeah. I apologize to Floyd Gondoli by besmirching mm-hmm. his reputation. He doesn't go for little girls. He just likes uh, girls that do a lot of cocaine. I think. Um, I have. I know who Floyd Gondoli. He's is. really into videotape. He, <laughs> that's a spo thing. Um. Oh no! You know who fucking? It's obvious who uh, Scotty J is. Actually, dude, <laughs> it's Kelly Olynyk. I mean. Yeah, I just think Duncan Robinson's more of a, like, out-of-nowhere 
uh, person. And you know what? I think I. But you Kelly know Olenek has the same hair. I'm changing it up. All right, I'm okay. I'm changing it up. Okay. I think Reed Rothschild is uh, Myers Leonard. Um, I just would think that Reed Rothschild was a little more essential. I mean, but, he does like working out and stuff. Yeah, but Jimmy, he's the he's been the fakest Jimmy Butler. You know what I mean? Like that's uh-huh. he's he's more like he shows a, up early. Yeah, he shows up early. He's like an idiot who's like ripped. <laughs> and I think Tyler Hero is Roller Girl. All right, I'm I, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of <laughs> having trouble keeping up at this point. Because also, I feel like you're you're ignoring the basically. I think if you're doing that, I would rework this. I think Floyd Gondoli is probably more of a spoke. Oh, but no, I was gonna say Floyd Gondoli is Jimmy Buffett. Sorry. Is that's... Jim... Oh no, I think I think like <laughs> I just think that that the the aspect of his obsession with videotape. I think Amber Waves should be a player. Amber Waves isn't a coach. You know what I mean? Sure. She's in the game. She yeah. plays. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> is Bam Amber Waves? Well, no, I'm a man. Yeah. No, I think it's Goran Dragic. Oh, right, and that's I think that's, that's obvious. Tyler Hero's yeah. like, say you're say you're my mom. <laughs> you just say you're my mom, Goran. Yeah, you're right. Um, uh, who's the Luis Guzman character? That, that, that was I was having trouble figuring that out as well. <laughs> I'm like I'm like kind of forgetting what he even does in the movie. Um, all right. I we, mean, he might be Jimmy Buffett because he's sort of like just has like yeah, a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. He's Jimmy Buffett. You're right. He's Jimmy Buffett. And then uh, <laughs> is there a Becky Barnett character? <laughs> we need to move on. We, okay. okay. <laughs> um. But but oh but but jo- but uh, Joanna Gleason's character is definitely that's Tom Thibodeau, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just like a parental figure that just yells at you all the time. Um, so the question though, the <laughs> yes, the second sorry. part of his question <laughs> <laughs> is, what is Jimmy Butler's favorite Mark Wahlberg movie? Okay, I have a couple of theories. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not like stuck on any of these. First of all, Jimmy Butler's not going to pick one of the big hits. I think I agree. So one of the first one I thought of was the movie Rockstar, mm, okay. where uh, where he plays Chris Izzy Cole. Just because I could I could see that as like Jimmy Butler seeing that as his own story, like mm-hmm. drafted number thirty, um, going to a concert um, with guitars. He likes that. Um, I also thought he he might like the movie Invincible mm-hmm. for similar reasons, sure. and I also I also feel like he would like Greg Kinnear. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, other than that, um, I kind of think he has like a soft spot for Daddy's Home. Okay, uh, I think Jimmy Butler's favorite uh, Mark Wahlberg movie. Uh huh. Is the lovely bones? No, I just oh. <laughs> uh, no. I think it's obvious. I think his favorite uh, Mark Wahlberg movie is Two Guns. Yeah, I can that see is that. the most Jimmy Butler movie on here. 
Yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> see that. I, there, there's there's a chance that he likes Max Payne too. Yes, there is also a chance. There's also a chance fear is his favorite Mark Wahlberg. Oh my movie. god, yeah. That he's like, <laughs> that's how I motivate myself. I punch myself in the chest. Um. Also, that's what he it, that roller coaster scene. That's what he did to uh, Carl Anthony Towns' mm-hmm. girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, all right, we got another call from our friend No Friendo, who to us is Yes Friendo. Uh huh. <laughs> hey, Sean and Joey, this is Matt, aka No Friendo. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. of the San Diego Padres hit a grand slam on three no count late in the game versus the Texas Rangers. And it sparked yet another discussion about the unwritten rules of baseball because the Rangers were already getting blown out. And I, it got me thinking, what are the unwritten rules of basketball? Thanks. All right, Sean. What are the unwritten rules of basketball? So I guess we know you're not like score a layup at the end of a blowout mm-hmm. um, you're supposed to take, it seems, it seems like the ethic is that you, the leading team, you can basically keep shooting until there's like 30 seconds left. And then you have to take the 24 second violation mm-hmm. at the end. Of the game. Um, but that seems to just be like a below 30 seconds thing. Mm-hmm. Like it does not seem like there's this baseball thing. Like, like it, it's like, there's a mutual understanding of garbage time. Mm-hmm. And it's like the rules don't really apply. Uh, um, and then other ones we've seen um, don't shoot at your own basket to get a rebound when you're one rebound shy of a triple double. Mm-hmm. Um, we learned that from Ricky Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm tr- let's see other unwritten rules of basketball. Uh, I mean, don't call Luka Doncic a bitch-ass white boy, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rule. I mean, I, I'm sure that calling someone a bitch is worse than I had previously thought it was in basketball. Eh, I don't know. Um, that just might be... I, I just I think, um, look, we're, we need to talk about it. We might as well talk about it here, right? Um, I guess we could wait oh, the to Luke the series. Thing? Yeah. Um, oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Look, it's cool he called him a bitch-ass white boy. <laughs> That's my take. I mean, not, no one, no, not a single person is legitimately offended by that. Like, I mean, now granted, that is true for a lot of things that people are offended by, is that, you know, you kind of have to... Being offended is, in many cases, uh, partly a choice that, Look, you're, that you're making. Mark Jackson <laughs> said today that... The league would have taken action if the roles had been reversed, and it's like, yeah, no shit, dude. <laughs> yeah, right. But like, no one gets their feelings hurt by being called white boy. Like all the all the history of oppression that white boys have faced. Yeah. It's like it's silly. Like like you, no white racial slurs are harmful. Like no, no one. Oh oh oh, you could say honky. I just feel like this argument inevitably leads to the person saying like and that's why i should be allowed to say the n-word yeah you know what I mean? like it's... <laughs> but uh no this is this is just like a great like i don't know it, it's it's part of the nba's um desire to just talk about things that aren't basketball mm-hmm. as much as possible 
Yeah, uh, like possibly people are overwhelmed by how much basketball there is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Like this is why the ratings are down because right, Luka right. Doncic had one of the greatest playoff games I've ever fucking seen before, and Ernie Johnson was talking about how the NBA needed to make a... <laughs> should have put out a statement about how it was wrong someone called him a bitch-ass white boy. <laughs> I, I am Two games ago. Don- <laughs> yeah, Luka Doncic did not care at all. Like... Uh, Ernie Johnson needs also, to put also, out a here, statement apologizing for writing in John Kasich. That's something yeah, that, that needs that, to happen. That's what he should have done. I bring it up all the time. <laughs> I think maybe more than anyone else in the world, but everyone should know that in 2016, Ernie Johnson did not vote for Hillary Clinton. He wrote in the name of Ohio Governor John Kasich. <laughs> yeah, DNC star John Kasich. Yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, how many abortion star, clinics did Sarah he? Sarah Cooper, the two leading voices of the Democratic Party. Yeah. How many? Um, <laughs> how many uh, um, Planned Parenthoods did uh, John Kasich close in Ohio? Never mind. We'll just oh, yeah, it, like, like like hundreds. It's in double digits. Oh, it could be in triple digits. Yeah. Um. Anyway, unwritten rules of basketball is uh, sorry. Geez, yeah. we yeah. Yeah, don't call anyone a white boy. The yeah, worst thing the we've worst. ever heard. Oh, my God. Also, because the concept of whiteness is definitely something that's really important in Slovenia. Yeah. <laughs> it's not religion, of course. That's never defined Europe. <laughs> um, I would say in uh, some other unwritten rules of basketball, though. Um... Uh, yeah. um, don't, don't take a three- when you have a really big lead just because you're trying to set the team yeah. three-point record. Um, uh, don't do a really flashy dunk if you're up by, like, 30. Yeah, don't don't throw the ball off the backboard to yourself and jam it like Jordan Bell did. Yeah. And then order porn to an assistant coach's <laughs> hotel room. I mean, that's that's a probably a written that's rule, That's a written right? rule. Yeah. That, that is a written rule. <laughs> um... I think you're not supposed to, like, talk shit from the bench if you're in street clothes. I don't know if that's I true, know. actually. Kendrick Perkins did that all the time. Um. Yeah, but he's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, one unwritten rule of basketball is you have to hate Steph Curry. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the NBA! <laughs> the end. <laughs> I guess I should mention that graphic now that I sent you. Sean. Oh yeah, yeah, please, please. It's very funny. So, the NBA put up a graphic congratulating James Harden this week for uh, being tenth all time in playoffs three pointers made, and the graphic they posted went from eleven to two. <laughs> 11 so, to 2. Yeah. So it went Derek Fisher at 11, James Harden, blah, 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 Clay Thompson, Ray Allen, and then stopped at 2. So Steph Curry's name was not on the graphic. <laughs> and Warriors fans were like insanely mad. <laughs> it felt on purpose. <laughs> I mean, it's so funny. Um,. 
Anyway, uh, if you have any unwritten rules of basketball, uh, let us know at Round Rock Pod or uh, email them to us or call us on the phone about them. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, the other unwritten rule of basketball. This is obvious, but um, at, at, at the levels of fame that you achieve allow you to take an extra. Every time you like cross a new threshold, you're allowed to take another half step. Mm-hmm. So like. LeBron can take four steps and it's, it's right. It's not, tra- it's not traveling, but Luca, I think has maybe worked his way up to two and a half mm-hmm. in this series this time. Um, Oh, so. uh, also one unwritten rule is, uh, don't film, uh, your teammate, uh, admitting to adultery and putting it on Snapchat. <laughs> yeah. Especially when his girlfriend is uh, very famous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, all right, we also had some written mail. Let's get to that. Yeah. This is Round Ball Rock Reader Mail. Communications from listeners. Why do we call it reader mail? It is confusing for robots. All right, um, so our first piece of reader mail... Uh, comes from our friend Patrick, and he asks, "Who would win a playoff series between the main cast of Manhunter and Red Dragon?" That's really good. Uh, these are obviously uh, both adaptations of the Thomas Harris novel uh, Manhunter. Mm-hmm. One came out in nineteen eighty-seven. Eighty-six. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it is an early Michael Mann film, mm-hmm. and then Red Dragon came out. Uh, in 2002. Later, <laughs> and it is a Brett Ratner film. Yeah, so uh, you can guess which one is good and which one is not. Um. <laughs> I will say this. I enjoy both, but I don't think either is good. <laughs> uh, uh, but definitely Manhunter is a lot like, it's like made by an artist. Yeah. And not uh, like Ratner. a pile of cocaine <laughs> yeah. in a Wolverine costume. <laughs> Uh, so we matched up who plays who, and then uh-huh. it's a it's a Hannibal Lecter movie. We should also just say. Oh that. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the uh, prequel to the Silence yeah. of the Lambs. So uh, and, uh, actually, technically, I think the Silence of the Lambs is a sequel to mm-hmm. this one. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, so Will Graham <laughs> uh, is played in Manhunter by William Peterson from CSI, uh-huh. uh, uh-huh. but a young William Peterson, and in uh, Red Dragon, he's played by Ed Norton. Uh, uh-huh. Who's got the matchup on this one, Sean? So I'm going to say this is your two guard. Well. No, or your, I mean, this is your, this might be your. I think Ed Norton's the point guard for Team Red Dragon, because there's some rough I, stuff going on on uh, in Red Dragon. <laughs> it's, not a great, it's not a great spot. I think William <laughs> Peterson is like a ball handling LeBron type. Sure. I'm going to say. But he's like, he's a two or a three. Ed Norton is probably the point guard. Yeah. Guy. Um, now Edward Norton does, um, play basketball very well in American history X winning, um, <laughs> you know, essentially this is uh, a victory for Clay Travis outkick the coverage and, uh, many Luka Doncic defenders <laughs> when he wins rights to a basketball court from a group of African-Americans for his white supremacist neo-Nazi group and an inspiring scene uh, and he dunks very realistically in this film. So I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> Edward Norton is six feet tall. William Peterson's five ten. Uh, Edward Norton's not taller than that. That's 
I just really looked it up on IMDb. No, I no, I believe it. I just, I just. Well, what's actors, funny is I would have guessed short. William Peterson was taller than Edward Norton. Oh um, no, I thought Edward Norton's real, real skinny. Yeah, you know. Uh, this but you know, is, he, yeah. This is the one matchup I think Red Dragon actually has the advantage of all of the ones we're going to read here. Um. Well, and like Ed Norton seems to actually be able to play basketball, but William William Peterson probably has a lot of passion. William you know Peterson I mean? seems pretty athletic, I think, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna give this one to Ed Norton. But let's keep moving. Well, yeah, but specifically talking about Manhunter, I'm gonna say that William Peterson would insist on playing shirts and skins mm-hmm. and being oh, skins. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like his shirt <laughs> does not see a lot of buttons in this film. Um, all right. Playing Hannibal Lecter, we have Brian, a young Brian Cox. Well, young in 1986. Younger, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not the Brian Cox you're used to seeing, though. He's got a, he's got, uh, like, non-gray hair. Um, And he's weirdly beefy, uh, like, not rotund. He's, like, buff, kind of. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. Uh, Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> okay, so so I'm saying both these guys are playing center. Um, I mean, I don't know what Brian Cox's height is, but he's like he's the beef here. Yeah, sh- yeah. I mean, there is a taller guy for sure. Um, yeah, but I think he's the power forward. We'll get to we'll get to him, but. Uh, but I also think I think they're just going to be matching Lecter on Lecter. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> For sure. um, if you've seen any of the uh, Thor films in the Marvel Universe, okay. you know, the one thing that Anthony Hopkins doesn't like to do, it's move his feet. All right. Do you um, know how he, tall Brian Cox is? He's five nine. He's five six and a half. Oh, the Internet said he was five. That's nine. Anthony Hopkins. Brian Cox is five six and a half. I just searched for Brian Cox's height. I'm at height on IMDb. Yeah, all right. He's five, six and a half. But, <laughs> but I mean, like, nobody's tall. Right, right, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I just think he's like a PJ Tucker type. Sure. Um, yeah, I look, neither of these Celeb guys is good. Celeb him at 5'8". Neither of these guys is good at basketball, but I feel like Brian Cox is trying and Anthony Hopkins is not. No, but Hopkins I mean, like, Anthony not. Hopkins is literally just going to be, like, <laughs> calling to be taken out of the game. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> All right. Now, this is the this to me is, uh, like, the matchup that decides the game. This next okay. one. Francis Dollarhide. Uh-huh. Is, this is our... Is, yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it's Tom Noonan versus Ray Fiennes. Uh huh. Now I I am much more familiar with Ray Fiennes than Tom Noonan, mm-hmm. but Tom Noonan is big. Tom Noonan is six five. He has played. He played Frankenstein's monster in Monster Squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played a monster in Last Action mm-hmm. Hero. Um. <laughs> He's a really scary guy. He's on in, uh, Horace well, and Monkey Pete. Is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, he's, for those of you that don't know Tom Noonan, he's in that scary episode of Louie where he's like, uh, he it's him giving a monologue at church the entire time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, he's uh, in Schenectady, New York. New York. He's the voice of everyone else in... Uh, 
Anomalisa. In Anomalisa. I love Tom Noonan. He's great. Uh, and yeah, he's going to fucking wipe the floor with Rafe Fines. Rafe Fines. <laughs> oh, my God. A man who maybe has never played basketball. Dude, no. Or I'm watched say, basketball in his life. There are three people on the entire Red Dragon cast, I think, who've played basketball before. Yeah, it's like, it's, uh, <laughs> well, oh, and, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it is rough. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, Noonan is going to just, like, I feel like you're just going to throw to Noonan, like, it's Peterson to Noonan all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we've also got... Uh, our, you're, yeah. yeah, you're playing, um, oh, what's her name? It's, um... It's the... It's Reba the McLean. Reba McLean. Yeah. <laughs> It's, Who, it's Tom uh, in, Noonan's. It's she's the victim. She's Tom Noonan's. Uh, she's infatuated with her. She, they work together at the photo development store, I believe. Yes. Um, and in Man in Manhunter, she all she's blind. In, is she blind? She's in blind. Both? She's blind in both. Yeah. As she meets a, she only meets a tiger in Manhunter. Yeah. Though. Um. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's Emily Watson, also uh-huh. from Synecdoche, New York. Uh-huh. Uh huh. From Red Dragon versus Manhunter, Joan Allen. Joan Allen is going to really gonna kick the crap the out of Emily Watson. Of Emily like, Watson. <laughs> like, the, like, she's going to get, like, a couple charges early, and Emily Watson's just going to be, like, blubbering with her big eyes and sort of stammering. And then the refs are going to catch on, and they're just going to be like, no. <laughs> well, and also, but you Joan know how Allen, tall Joan also, Allen is? The other, thing that's, the other thing that's really great is that um, at halftime... Joan Allen's going to actually masturbate in the ice tub, and the entire <laughs> world will turn to color. To color, yeah. She's also going to catch Jason Bourne finally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Joan Allen's five ten too. Emily Watson five six. Uh, Ooh, Joan <laughs> Allen's really tall. <laughs> this is the funniest lineup. I wish uh-huh. we could just watch this play. These guys play this one on one. one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's Chicago. Ex Chicago cop, one of uh-huh. the only good cops ever. I'm gonna say, right? <laughs> I mean, he was probably he a was bad probably a really cop, bad cop. But you look at him, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dennis uh, best Furry. known best known from the HBO series Luck. I would say probably uh, it's Dennis Farina versus Harvey Keitel. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and they're um. Yeah, they're they're both in Get Shorty. Mm-hmm. Um, they're friends for sure. Absolutely, these guys are friends. Um, I mean, I don't know that at all, but come on, <laughs> these guys are friends. Uh, he's also he's also friends with Joe Montana uh-huh. and Dennis Franz. Uh, also, he's uh, he got arrested for carrying a loaded weapon through uh, the LA airport mm-hmm. security. <laughs> um. I think this is a draw. These guys are playing each other a draw. They're also both no. huge gunners. These guys Can are I... shooting every fucking time. Yeah, it, it, the the advantage I would say is that Dennis Farina is at least six inches taller than yes. Harvey Keitel. So, <laughs> so yet again, uh, Red Dragon is giving up some size. I I like I do not know what they're doing in the front court. I like I guess Rafe. I'm wrong. Rafe finds is the center, but Jesus Christ. Tom Noonan can probably dunk, right? He's six five and like, I mean, in nineteen, at least in nineteen eighty six, he could. All right, and then definitely. 
Finally, Red Dragon's getting a win here. I don't think it's, I don't think they are. <laughs> Go ahead. We've got Stephen Lang versus Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh huh. <laughs> um, but like Stephen but you Lang, think... you might know as the Colonel from Avatar. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> That is exactly what you know him from because you probably do not know him from this movie. Weirdly playing the tabloid reporter Freddie Lowndes. Um, I don't uh, think he's also any... the blind man in that one where the kids eat the, are uh, in that blind man's house. What's that called? Don't breathe. Oh, <laughs> I mean, what a filmography this guy had. Uh, highlighted by Manhunter, I would say probably. Uh, it's going to be an Avatar 2. You're going to love it. <laughs> oh, he was in Mortal Engines, that big hit. Where cities fight each... I don't even... I can't even... I've even seen part of that movie, and... Anyway. Here um, is why I think Philip Seymour Hoffman looks... Obviously, body-wise, he's in trouble. Yes. <laughs> Physicality-wise, yes. he's in trouble. But... Uh-huh. I think you actually have to, like, be okay at basketball to play basketball as poorly as he does in that scene in uh in along came Polly. yeah I, just... I i think i think philip seymour hoffman can drain some threes that's all i'm saying i just i i think they're gonna be like he's unconscious out there and it's because he's like deeply high on heroin <laughs> all right and then we have kim greist versus mary louise parker i will say this i I am not very familiar with Ken Greist, mm -hmm. but I do not think Mary Louise Parker <laughs> can play basketball. <laughs> Shit. I mean, I'm a I'm a fan. Even I mm -hmm. I love Mary Louise Parker, but uh, I think she's giving up a fair amount of height mm -hmm. as well. Um, she was a professional model, which means she has at last at least attended a lot of basketball mm -hmm. games. Um. <laughs> Look, I I don't know a lot about this lady, uh, <laughs> but I have no faith in Mary Louise Parker's ability to play that. Um, she's got height on Kim Greist. She's got an inch and a half. Uh, Mary Louise Parker does. Oh, Mary Louise Parker is also tall. Five, seven and a half, according to IMDb. Uh, and then finally, look, you only had... There's there's two other people we have to match up here. Oh right, right, right. Okay. And that's the directors, Michael Mann versus Brett Ratner. Uh Michael Mann is gonna make Brett Ratner cry by like the fourth possession, right? I mean, he's Yeah, like like I kind of feel like Brett Ratner has probably played a lot of basketball. Mm hmm But Michael but... Mann is like playing dirty out there, you know what I mean? No, Michael Mann has played, like, street ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Michael like, Mann like, is... Like Brett, the, he's a Brett Ratner's like, you want to play basketball? I play at Gary Shandling's house. And Michael Mann's like, oh, I, I actually play in this old uh, abandoned boxing gym. <laughs> <laughs> you, have I, to, you have to actually have to climb into the L.A. River to get to the I, entrance. I'm in this cops and crooks game. Yeah. Where it's all ex-cops and ex-cons. <laughs> yeah, like like if any Michael Mann is punching Brett Ratner in the nuts pretty <laughs> yeah. early in this game. And he doesn't even need to. Like he can take him on the court. 
but he just like he like cup and not even that hard. He just like cup checks him, and I think Ratner's just like thrown off his game the whole time. <laughs> also, I think Brett Ratner, while he was on the bench, would eat everybody's snacks, and like it would destroy the team chemistry when they're like, "Where's?" Uh, and he'll have to flee the game when he gets me tooed in the yeah. at, at halftime. <laughs> That's true. Like, and, like, and he'll just have to go to James Dolan's house. Um, all right, our friend Hannes asks, "I have the Peppa Pig Bing Bong song stuck in my head for the last five days. Which NBA player never leaves your mind? For me, it's J.R. Smith. I mean, that's he's a memorable guy. I can mm-hmm. see." You know who I think about a lot more than I would expect to? Who? Uh, Kevin Love. Sure. I just, I find him so fascinating. He seems so depressed. He's like both handsome and horrible looking. Um, <laughs> he's a chocolate milk spokesman. Um, his appearance in, in, in two Uncle Drew commercials is so good. Uh and yet did not was not allowed to make the cut for the movie. Didn't make the movie. Um, <laughs> um my answer is of course Rick Barry. Oh um, my god. <laughs> uh, uh, that area of basketball is so that right? many there's so many weird things about Rick Barry. First off, we make fun of him so much our fans bought us a cameo from him. Uh-huh. Uh, well, thank you Rick for that. Yeah, he once did this. Hey, one second here. Come on, people. You fans are the greatest fans in the world. That's everybody said that. Show a little bit of class. This is crazy. Seriously. Come on. You're doing yourself a disservice. All of the wonderful accolades being said to you for you to treat this man who is spending his money to do the best that he can to turn this franchise around, and I know he's going to do it. So give him the respect he deserves. Uh, and um, also, more importantly, he once was such a dick to his teammates that in the NBA Finals, he started a fight and no one came to back him up, so his coach fought for him. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um <laughs> And then Which the next year, Rick Barry, Rick Barry got so mad at his teammates in the Western Conference Finals, he refused to shoot. Mm-hmm. It is Kobe that, Day. Oh, yeah. yeah, it is Kobe Day. Yeah. A, a fitting tribute to Kobe Bryant yeah. on his birthday. Uh, Quitting in a playoff game and refusing to shoot. Uh, our friend El Hafnero asks, imagine that instead of buzzing, the buzzers in every team's home arena played a different tune at the end of quarters or for five or so seconds. <laughs> What would each team's tune be? Celtics could be a jig. Toronto's could be the Canadian anthems opening. Rockets could be all I do is win. All right. That's mean to Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it would be the beginning of Summer of 69 by Brian Adams, uh, <laughs> the assistant prime minister of Canada. Um, Boston, I think it's 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 not just... I'm shipping off to Boston. It's just that guy going, I lost my leg. Absolutely. Um, Let's see. Philadelphia. I think it's just booing. Is there Mm -hmm. a song where someone boos? No, it's just booing, dude. It's just booing. It's just the sound of booing. Yeah. Uh, The Warriors, I think it would just be cool in the gang every time. (laughs) 
would they steal that from the A's? They would. No. They'd be like, this is San Francisco now. No, it uh, would be something horrible. Like, Joe Lacob would be like, mm, uh, it'll be like Tony Bennett seeing, like, uh, uh, Left My yeah. Heart or whatever. Oh, God, they're going to, like, lean into San Francisco in, like, a weird way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's like that part of... Uh, it's going to be that part of uh, Santana's national anthem where he screws it up and plays that same verse twice. <laughs> um, the Lakers, it's Kobe. It's a Kobe rap song as a tribute. Yeah. See, I think you want like uh, it's got to be something Nicholson related. Um, oh, it's like it's like uh, <laughs> it's like uh, it's like. Him saying something from Wolf, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they played, what if they played Bat Dance, and it's like Nicholson <laughs> just being like, where does he get those wonderful toys? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Clippers, I think it's like a, it's like a special ball. It's Balmer going, developers, developers, developers. Yeah, no, he, he would, just like he did with the Windows startup sound, he would pay Brian Eno, like, yeah. millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> Um, if you have any suggestions for more, let us know yeah. at Round Rock Pod. Email yeah. us at roundrockpod at gmail.com or call us on the phone. All right, Sean, it's time to talk playoffs. It's the NBA playoffs. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Basketball for humans. We're going to be championship. Data for robots. Both teams play hard, my man. Both teams played hard. All right, Sean. Mavs Clippers tied up 2 2. Uh, how was that game today, baby? Game, game rule. That is honestly one of the best basketball games I've ever seen. Uh, it was so good. Um, also, love to see a bitch ass he, he did it for all the bitch asses out there, like you and me. Um, what's up with the Clippers, though? I th- that's I, they're I, missing their heart and soul, Patrick Beverly, proven playoff winner, Patrick Beverly. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I mean, like specifically, uh, it, I, well, okay, there's so much wrong. First of all, um, I think it is a mistake that they are um, they traded seven draft picks for uh, Paul for George. Paul George. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. They traded seven first round picks plus uh, Shea Gildas Alexander, mm-hmm. who is averaging more points than Paul George in these playoffs. Mm-hmm. Straight up, he has been better. Um he scored seven points in the first quarter today. How many did he score for the game, Joey? Hold on, like let me pull up the box. I'll, I'll make sure. <laughs> I think it's oh, was less. it eleven? It's not points? double double digits. I don't know. That was a guess. Well, the Clippers scored one hundred and thirty-three points. That's a lot of points. So <laughs> yeah, Paul George Williams he had nine. Scored... He had nine. He had, he had nine. nine. Yeah, points. yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Paul George's and and in the previous game, so he shot three of fourteen which is a slight improvement on his three of 16 shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is not as good as his four of 17 shooting in game two. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the past three days, he is four of 25 from three point range. Uh, is that good? 
I don't think that's great. <laughs> uh, so he's been bad. Um, and it's, it's weird. I can't tell if it's the, co- I don't, I'm not smart enough to know if this is the coaching or the players, but, um, so it seemed like down the stretch, the Clippers were trying to guard Luka Doncic, mm-hmm. who had a 43-point triple-double. Uh-huh. Um, 17 <laughs> rebounds. Led the game in rebounding. Led the game in rebounding. <laughs> um, but they were guarding him and giving him trouble by putting Kawhi Leonard on him mm-hmm. or Marcus Morris on him. It seemed like occasionally Paul George would guard him. Joey, who guarded Luka Doncic on the uh, the last possession of the game? Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson. Mm-hmm. Reggie Jackson. Where did they get him. Reggie Jackson from, Sean? Uh, he was released by the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> Couldn't find any any run for Reggie Jackson in Detroit. So instead, he played big minutes on a playoff team and guarded Luka Doncic uh, at the end of the game. Now, what I will say about Reggie Jackson, and it pains me to say this, uh-huh. because I hate Reggie Jackson, just like everyone in the NBA. <laughs> uh... Reggie Jackson was actually made some really big, important plays in the fourth quarter to even get this game to overtime. He hit a couple of huge threes. And he had an amazing save out of bounds where he Uh threw the ball like three quarters of a court to a streaking Kawhi Leonard while falling out of bounds. It was crazy. I was was upset because I was was, worried I was going to have to come on this podcast and talk about how Reggie Jackson did something good. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> now here's the here's the thing. Uh so Reggie Jackson even before that play made kind of a good foul. They had yeah. a foul to give. It was a really like, good foul. Fouled Luca, didn't let him get a three off. Uh Mavs had to take the ball out of bounds with 3.7 seconds to go, and there was a timeout. Mm-hmm. That would have been a time where for me, I would want to take Reggie Jackson out of the game Mm -hmm. or maybe decide how to make sure that in no way would Reggie Jackson guard Luka Doncic at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, But I mean, Luka hit an amazing shot. It wasn't like Reggie Jackson did a terrible job, but just it seems like the whole point of having Kawhi Leonard, Paul George and Marcus Morris is that at least one of those guys will be guarding uh, that superstar at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. And somehow they weren't. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, Lou Williams scored a ton of points and kind of got killed on defense. Um, I mean, Luca Luca was amazing. He seemed like he got tired. He was playing on a sprained ankle. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, the good thing is they did... um, shoot him up with magic blood as a tribute to Kobe Bryant's strip <laughs> term. So again, happy birthday, Kobe. Um, um, I, I have to say, I have been so into this Mavs team and I feel a little conflicted about it because of Mark Cuban. But at the same time, I'm like, man, fuck all these owners. You know what I mean? Like, yes. like yeah, yeah. Cuban sucks, man. But, all 30 of them suck. <laughs> like, like they're all bad. Um, unfortunately, Look, I've also been really enjoying uh, the Mavericks because I love Tim Hardaway Jr. I always have. Love Luca. Uh, love Maxi Kleba. It's a really Joey team. We like Dorian Finney-Smith. Yeah. yeah. 
But unfortunately, uh, I think the Clippers are going to figure this out and win. Uh, they should. Because I mean, um, credit to our, not our friend, but a guy we both follow is actually a really good Clippers follow at Fly By Night. Uh, he's kind of figured it out. That's that, Fly By Night with a K. Yes. K-N-Y-T. Uh, it's when Zubach plays, they win big. And when Harold plays, they get destroyed. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. let me read you some stats here. Here's a uh, Reggie Jackson with Harold minus 16 in 41 minutes. Uh-huh. Reggie Jackson without Montrez Harrell plus 29 in 47 minutes. Uh-huh. Lou Williams with Montrez Harrell minus 28 in 57 minutes. Lou Williams without Harrell plus 46 in 67 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, Reggie Jackson with Zubac plus 14 30 minutes. Without Zubac uh-huh. minus 1 in 58. Lou Williams with Zubac plus 24 in 40 minutes. Without minus 6 in 84 minutes. So all they're just going to have to do is play Zubach more. Well, can I tell you? Can I tell you like the most telling stat yeah. about Zubach? Uh, points mm-hmm. game four. Mm-hmm. Zubach fifteen, Paul George nine. <laughs> points game three. Zubach fifteen, Paul George eleven. Look, if you, you can play the same guys as ten, don't play Paul George 45 minutes. Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, Zubach is, uh, they're just going to play Zubach more, and I think the Mavs are I, in trouble. My my question is, though, I, I think Zubach has some trouble with Porzingis. I think that mm-hmm. is the reason he has not been playing as much, though. I mean, he should have been playing today, then, because Porzingis didn't <laughs> yes. play at all. <laughs> Montre- Montrezl Harrell cannot deal with Boban at yeah. all. And that's the other thing that's like, like, you have Zubac. You're not playing him that much. Why wouldn't you match him up with Boban the whole time? <laughs> Boban played 15 minutes, and he scored 10 points, and he had seven rebounds, mm-hmm. which is uh, uh, one rebound fewer than Paul George in his 45 minutes, <laughs> but one point more. So so he was a little bit better than Paul George, too. Um, also, let's let, can we talk about the American J.J. Barea? Yeah, Trey Burke, bit? baby! Oh, he's so, he <laughs> was American so good. The American J.J. Barea. That's, he, he fits in the J.J. Barea role so perfectly. Like... <laughs> It's just like, oh, so he, Rick Carlisle famously hates all point guards unless they're under six feet tall uh-huh. and just shoot weird floaters no matter what. It's honestly like it's it's like too bad that Nick Van Exel wasn't able yeah. to play for the Rick Carlisle Mavs because that would be great. But yeah, Trey Burke. It, it, and also moving him into the starting lineup, oh, so tight. Yeah, Seth so Curry's tight. been great. Like, just a lot of good, fun Mavs. Bobon, J.J. Brea himself came in, and, like, he didn't really do anything, but I think the Clippers, like, freaked out a little bit just because of their, like, J.J. Barea PTSD. Um, <laughs> they they actually got a contribution from Michael Kidd Gilchrist. That's Love crazy. Him. Yeah. This tons of yeah. Should really we talk fun. about um, um what Paul George oh, uh posted on Instagram before this sh- game we even? Should, <laughs> we should. By the way, he should be endorsing Pedialyte instead of Gatorade. Mm-hmm. But yes, let's talk about that how Paul George motivated himself or apologized or whatever after 
being thoroughly trounced in a public relations battle with Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. Um, here's yeah. You re- do you want to read what he posted? Yeah, it's a notes app. Uh... <laughs> On Instagram, Meme, I guess, on Instagram, That's and it cool. just says, IDJAF, I don't give a fuck what anybody think about me. Fuck is you thinking about me for anyway, crafting, lying, cry, ugh, crying, laughing emoji. Um, yeah, there was crying when he posted that, but he wasn't <laughs> laughing. And also, uh, people are thinking about you because you're a very famous basketball player that they're watching on television. Yeah, like every uh, two days, everybody watches you play like absolute fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, why would anybody be thinking about you just because you joined a high-profile team in Los Angeles? Um. Anyway, I do think the Clippers are, unfortunately, if I had to predict, I think they're still going to win this series. But uh, they need to get their shit together because I would like to see them beat the Lakers, that's for sure. I really feel like, I mean, <laughs> what, what, can this really just be Patrick Beverly not being there? I don't Cause think I kind of so. feel like he would just almost foul out hitting Luca too much. Yeah, me too. I mean, he's, he's, he's a good player, but he's not really that good a player. <laughs> I mean, sorry, sorry, Beverly nation, but <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? Like, like. Dude scores eight points a game. Yeah. He's he's good defensively, but he's yeah, like. But he also, um, let's just say uh, maybe acts like he's better defensively than he that's actually what I'm is. Say. <laughs> we're talking we're talking about a, a Tony Allen level of self confidence, but like he he gets scored on a lot, mm-hmm. and maybe maybe in crunch time. I mean, it would it would probably mean that Reggie Jackson would not be guarding Luka Doncic down the stretch. But again, there are also other solutions to that on the roster. But uh, don't you think Luka Doncic actually probably would have just done that to Patrick Beverly today, too? Yes, 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 he would. <laughs> he would have shot more free throws. Luka Doncic too. was unstoppable today. It was really incredible. That third quarter is one of the best quarters I've ever seen someone play. And I don't... I love Luka. He's great. I like other guys on the team more uh are more aesthetically my type of player but uh and i hate to be you know i don't want to be a white guy praising a white guy for playing basketball that's the weird thing about but but he's amazing lucas seems like he's gonna be a top five player in basketball for the next 20 years right yeah but he's also like again i I just don't think the regular concepts of whiteness apply to immigrants Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's not I mean, obviously, there are some people who are like, oh, I love seeing a white guy succeed. But, like, I, I, I just don't think that, like, people didn't really root for Dirk Nowitzki because he was white. Right. I don't know. I, I, I mean, mean the, obviously. The, it's a oh, look, media look. thing is more. And actually, yeah. let me step back and say it is always foolish to underestimate the racism of America, particularly when it comes to watching sports. So, yeah, there's some merit to it. I'm just not going to feel bad for praising right. Luke Doncic. Yeah. <laughs> like, like he ruled today. Yeah. He's not as good as Giannis, so. He makes um, me not yeah. see color. <laughs> Sports can heal. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, before we talk about more playoff games, can we talk about Big Face Coffee? Yeah, that well, that's second on the rundown. It is more important than any other. Oh, series. actually, we forgot to do our top playoff story, though, Sean. 
Oh, right. Which yes. is the Golden State Warriors got the second pick in the draft, baby. Oh, it's so good. It's finally, finally a break yeah. for Titletown West. Um, I think for whatever reason, like people would have been madder if the Warriors got the first pick. Mm-hmm. Them getting the second pick is way funnier. It's way funnier. To me. <laughs> it's like, because... It's like enough that it's not rigged for them, but it's still, you know, especially in a like a pretty flat draft like this, they might not get their ultimate number one choice, but they very easily could. Mm-hmm. And they're probably trading the pick anyway. So it kind of like. I kind of feel like if you're trading it two does not have like all that much different value than mm-hmm. four or five. Yeah, but it's funny. It's, it's funny. It's so funny. Um, also, no one reacted during the, the draft lottery to anything yeah, because it was on Zoom, I'm sure. And like, I'm sure people were like muted. But how happy did D'Angelo Russell look about getting the number one yeah. pick? Like, uh, happy, happy a little bit. Sure. Yeah, like, well, <laughs> like but he I wasn't think upset. if you're D'Angelo Russell, you're like, oh, no, if they draft LaMelo Ball, I'm out of here. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, like, like, <laughs> it's happening again. <laughs> That's... Yeah, it's like. Like, like, literally, oh, I'm getting traded out of town for a ball brother again? Uh Uh-huh. Right. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Right. And also, like, it's not like Minnesota's that invested in him. They mainly were just like, well, we like this better than Wiggins. (laughs) Um, Joey, what do you think? If if the Timberwolves pick LaMelo Ball, what do you want the Warriors to do? Uh, I actually, in that case, I want them to keep the pick and take just take Edwards. Okay, and if Edwards is picked number one by Minnesota, uh, James Wiseman? No, <laughs> trade that pick to the Knicks for like uh, like uh, the eight and mm-hmm. uh, one of those Dallas picks and like Frank Nilakina or Mitchell Robinson or whatever. That, whichever young player they want to also give up. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Yeah. You're not interested in um, Tosh Gibson? No, no, I'm not interested in uh, Tosh um, Gibson. Oh, Reggie Bullock, is, is he even still there? Uh, yeah, he's still there. Other guys they signed. Um, I mean, I'd take him, too. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, Big Kevin Face Knox. Coffee, though. Sean, yes. why don't you run through what Big Face Coffee is in the bubble? So, Jimmy Butler has a side hustle in the bubble, uh, he is running a coffee shop out of his hotel room. Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, they don't show it in that Michelob Ultra commercial where he's packing and listening to hollow notes. But one of those suitcases was full of like premium coffee. Uh-huh. And so he said, uh, well, I'm going to describe the sign. It is a it is a handwritten hand drawn, presumably by B- Jimmy Butler mm-hmm. uh, saying big face coffee. Mm-hmm. Um he offers, it says, cash only, no IOUs, mm-hmm. and you can get a latte, a pour-over, a cappuccino, an Americano, an espresso, a red-eye, a mocha, a macchiato, <laughs> or a cafe au lait, and uh, then there are drawings of the cups with uh-huh. steam coming out of them. A small is $20, uh-huh. a medium is $20, uh-huh. and a large coffee is also $20, and then there are also some... Uh, smiley faces yeah some big smiley uh, faces <laughs> they're pretty big they're pretty big but no io uses in a box yeah <laughs> so that 
clearly was a concern. It's also in multiple different colors on a whiteboard, too. Yeah, uh, it, like, <laughs> it took some time on this one. What I, I don't understand is the machinery he has going on in his hotel room. Right, right, right. So he for sure has a full espresso machine, but he also has the ability to do pour-overs? Right. I My guess And he's is... brewing regular drip coffee? Right, right. <laughs> but I think he, ha- he must have one of those machines that you can, like, push the button for. Mm-hmm. There's no way he's, like, making a red eye. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm not going to say think there's he no is. way he's making I think a red he eye. Is. I thought he, I thought he had one of those like things like a that, Keurig? that someone, not a Keurig exactly, but some of my friends' parents have it where you, you know, you put the the coffee in, and it's like this is an average cappuccino. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But you know what? The more I think about it, Jimmy Butler would not do that. He is making these drinks. Yeah, but the pour-over part is what's crazy to me, because that's a whole separate thing. Don't don't you just need the little plastic filter? Right, but you still are doing that outside of a machine. You know what I mean? Right, right. (laughs) Here's my question. Do you think Jimmy Butler had the ability... To bring in a friend or a family member and instead <laughs> turn the room into the headquarters a of Big, Big Face, Face Coffee? coffee? Or do you think it's the room he sleeps in? It's the room he sleeps in, dude. Yeah, yeah. And he's up really early, so yeah, every day. He's running I mean, the Wahlberg. He does the Wahlberg... Three thirty a.m. Yeah, he, he breakfast he at golfs five. At, he golfs at two a.m. or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, and Jimmy Butler said you can't get coffee nowhere here, so I might bump it up to thirty dollars a cup. Just depends. People here can afford it. So in a way, Jimmy Butler is a bubble profiteer. Here's the he, thing I don't understand. Much like, much like Jeff Bezos, he is making a fortune on the scarcity of the pandemic. What do these guys have cash on them for, though, other than buying Big Face Coffee? Uh, tips? I guess. I just would gambling? think... Gambling? Yeah. No, it's gambling. Oh, right. You're right. It's gambling. You're right. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Jimmy Butler, which, by the way, this is... I love Jimmy Butler, man. This is I look, I've he's, vacillated he's wildly on him, but man, I'm real into Jimmy Butler now. I'm never um, going to go back. Yeah. I was I was really convinced by Katie Heindel. I didn't love his exit to Minnesota, but I loved him in Philly and like in Miami he is like a a, a caterpillar emerging from a chrysalis. Yeah, big face earlier coffee. than any of the other caterpillars. Sean, if you were in the bubble, what business would you be running? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, God, you know, like I know what I would make with like an improvised kitchen, but I don't think I could do it in the hotel room. I think it would have to be like, um, could I do punch up for like interviews or something yeah, like that? Could I? Sure. Yeah, yeah, I would be doing like IT, basic IT things. You know what I'm doing? Loan sharking. Oh, damn. Oh, <laughs> for people that that are addicted to big face coffee big, or big gambling. Face 
You know what I mean? I'm I'm taking I'm liquidating every asset I have and getting uh, as much cash as I can get at my uh, my hands uh, on. Uh-huh. And I'm just going to be awake 24 hours a day and say, "Hey, if it's 3 a.m. and you need cash, come to my room. I'll give it to you, but it's 10%." <laughs> you need a you, you also need like a tip off from the guy who delivers the meals mm-hmm. so people who, who owe you money yeah can't like like you hear someone's getting a final meal, you need to get to that yeah. room, get your money back. <laughs> well, no, because they all have Venmo. They're just Venmoing it to me. You know what I mean? Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Right. oh, yeah. Like, you're right. You're I'm, right. I'm just an ATM. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. So you don't. You okay? Yeah. That's yeah. great. That's great. Yeah. And you're just awake all the time, like an ATM. Yeah. Exactly. I'm a. I'm an ATM. So are you going to? Oh, oh, but you. you And I'm charging ten percent of the withdrawal, the fee. (laughs) Yeah, but you, but you'll, you're there really fast. Yeah, because they come to my room, or I'll bring it to them. Yeah, Yeah. you bring it to them, but it's distanced. You're like masked up, and everything. Yeah, (laughs) that's good. That's a good deal. Yeah. Um, you could also like probably see. You wouldn't patronize Big Head Coffee. You would have. Some kind of energy drinks. I, you know what? I well, yeah, but I would, uh, I would try and set up a deal with Jimmy Butler. Actually, you know, if somebody oh, comes oh, to yeah, Big yeah. Face Coffee, they need uh, cash. They can't get there. You know, right, right, right. If they're okay, buying a great. Big Face Coffee, it'll cost them twenty five dollars instead of uh, twenty two. <laughs> Oh, that's that's um, all right. The I mean, like, is that any different than what Venmo's doing? No, not really. Yeah. Um, the Celtics swept the Sixers, Sean. The series was a bummer. Um, but we got to say goodbye, Brett Brown. Forever. Um, right? <laughs> what do you I mean, think he's... his meal was? His get the fuck out of town meal was tonight? I still think they gave it to him like an hour before the rest <laughs> of the team. That's like a signal. Um. But I don't even know what Bre- I don't even know that like Brett Brown. He just seems like he's so stressed. Like, mm-hmm. what would you eat if you had like three ulcers? Like, oh is it just like like bananas? You no, know, here's what um, he's eating. Are you ready? They served him yeah. bar pickled eggs. Oh yeah, <laughs> and like and like and uh, yeah, like like an an egg, like, but they it's, like, sorry a, a beer, but they drop a raw egg yeah. in it because they're like, <laughs> you need your protein, Brett. You have to eat something, man. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, that, whatever the longshoremen eat at the beginning of their shifts on season two of The Wire, right? Um, he's getting fired like before this comes out, right? You would think. Um, I mean, again, it's not really his fault in a specific sense in this series because they really are a lot worse with uh, no Ben Simmons available. But Ben but Simmons also- can't shoot. So he's bad too. He's bad. Too. He's they, a coward. I just don't know why they didn't fire him like two years ago. You know what I mean? Like, like nothing. No offense to him, and I can't even really judge his coaching particularly. But you don't want the guy who was there every year that you were losing on purpose on the worst team in the NBA. Like it just, it it kind of like looks like shit. And the guys like remember. Um, I don't know. I just don't think that prepares you for being ready for playoff basketball very well. I don't even think he's like a bad coach, but just like it doesn't seem like the players like him that much. And 
it would have been easy for them, you know, last summer to get a better coach. And it was like the time to do it. You just need, it seems like that's, that is a classic story of NBA teams that are trying to get over the hump that you get rid of the coach who is associated with failure. Right. And it works a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, sometimes but also, it works Jimmy when Bo- you get away with, when you let go of the coach who was associated with a uh, non-failure too. Yeah, right. Um, Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson. See Mark Jackson. But like, but it it does seem like Brett Brown. I don't know if he's limited strategically, but definitely there seems to be like a motivation factor that isn't there. And also, Jimmy Butler hated him, and so they that enabled their weird ass summer last year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So who do you, who do you think should be the new coach, Joey? Uh, I mean, honestly, yeah, I'd hire Stan Van Gundy. Yeah, me too. Me too. I don't want them to because, um, I want him to stay on on the, yeah. Yeah. Also, I, I I I feel like the other Van Gundy, the depressed one. I feel like he's happy, right? Doesn't Stan Van seem like fulfilled in this new Yeah, that's why I'm saying hire Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. Hire Jeff. I like that too. You know what would be really yeah. funny if they hired uh, Larry Jeff Brown Gundy in this? Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, I kind of think that Larry. I mean, Jesus! I thought it would be funny if Dallas replaced Rick Carlisle with him. <laughs> so, just because he'd be like, "What again?" Um, oh, Jeff Van Gundy in the city of Philadelphia. I kind of think he'd become like a folk hero a little bit. Like, oh, this guy who's miserable all the time, just like us. He's kind of like basketball Dick Vermeil. Uh, did you know that in, in like the first game he broadcast uh, of the playoffs, Jeff Van Gundy went on an extended rant about how much he hates leftovers? <laughs> it's like four minutes into the game. I hate I hated leftovers. But the My ratings are down because leftovers. of China. That's why the ratings are <laughs> yeah, down. Right? Not, not because of this not because ray of, of sunshine. <laughs> Uh, uh, but also, I think Mark Jackson would be a hilarious coach there, too, because he'd just be like, we're not getting Joel the ball enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are they going to do, though, actually? Like, are they going to blow it up? It's weird because they kind of can't. Like, the <laughs> one move they could make is trading Ben Simmons. And I feel like that's the, the dumbest one move they shouldn't make. <laughs> the one thing they shouldn't do. Everyone, like, literally everyone else is expendable on this <laughs> roster. But they're going to trade... Uh, ben Simmons, they they might trade Josh Richardson. Like, who would who would be like my one and two on my, you know, obviously Josh Richardson. This is a controversial hot take. Not as important to the Sixers as Ben Simmons, yeah. but <laughs> uh, like a moderately priced, really useful player that they have no replacement for whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, the other thing is like. Look, we we believe in Shake Milton. We are supporters of Shake Milton. But like maybe the Sixers could actually get a point guard mm-hmm. that wasn't making the minimum or like an undrafted free agent or a guy that got drafted like 57th, like just <laughs> like a normal point guard. There's lots of them. There are lots of guys there, who can play point yeah, guard. Like Trey Burke, the ma- who they yeah, the ma- got rid of. Oh, they did get rid of him. That's right. <laughs> and like, like, is it that like, 
you just need someone to to dribble the ball up and shoot re- just like it shouldn't be that hard. He doesn't even have to be the main point guard, but just they've run for years with this weird just like TJ McConnell's good enough. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons, our power forward, is our point guard. Would you trade Tobias Harris for Mike Conley? God. Um, I, oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, if you're the Jazz. Oh, um, <laughs> probably not. No. <laughs> no. Even though he, Mike Conley is almost 10 years older than Tobias Harris. <laughs> um, hey, they both never been an all-star team. Um, but no, I, I don't think Tobias Harris's contract is probably considered like a, a long-term positive. Mm-hmm. And whereas Mike Conley, <laughs> would I trade Al Horford? Oh, oh, would you trade Mike Conley for Al Horford? Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I mean, he is a power forward, so he can play alongside Gobert, no yeah. problem. <laughs> I'm curious as to, like, how did Al Horford, the big explanation when he got signed was like, well, I mean, Al Horford can shoot from outside, so it's, you know, it's, mm-hmm. and he shot 35% from three. <laughs> not not really the best. He put up uh, 11 and uh, 12, I'm going to round up 12 and seven this year with four assists. <laughs> uh-huh. And he only cost them. $26 million? <laughs> All right, we got to move on. Yeah, yeah, uh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what are you going to miss the most about him, Joey? Honestly, nothing. This was depressing, <laughs> and I didn't like watching it. Uh, um, I kind of liked watching Embiid, but then at the end of the game, it was like I just knew he was like a slowly falling redwood tree in a storm <laughs> every time. I didn't review. I didn't. Uh, I was still mad at him for screaming at Shake Milton. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. I look. Part of me is like, I think you got to trade and beat. I think that's the only way out of this. <laughs> I mean, I, I wrote like two columns about that this year. Um. All right. Do the, it. He'll get you the most. Uh, the Raptors swept the Nets. Uh, who should be Brooklyn's yeah. new coach? Oh man, it. I feel like it has to be a celeb. It can't be like an assistant, right? You know what I? You know what I would honestly try to do because it's so funny and just like offer Mike Krzyzewski like fifteen million dollars a year. Get Coach K in Brooklyn. Like these these celebs, they've they've played for him on the Olympic team. Coach K in Brooklyn. That's what I want. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then he's just going to be like, Who's, why are they switching so much? I hate this. <laughs> Kyrie, you broke curfew again. Uh, I'll tell you who should coach him. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Yeah. He's already close. Just hire Brett Brown. Uh-huh. Just torture oh, that torture that area more. Uh-huh. <laughs> like like and Brad Brown even thinks he's out there like, no, we like what you've been doing. And and so he's like goes from like, well, at least I'm not coaching Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid, and then it's like you're dealing with Kyrie and KD <laughs> day one. It's like you got it's like you leveled up in a video yeah. game. <laughs> and again, I don't think he's a bad coach. He just needs to be out in Philly. Maybe he just needs a change of god that would be so funny 
Fred Brown coached. It would also be such a Nets hire, too. Like when they got Lionel Hollins and people were like, wait, what? <laughs> you mean uh, cold the- medicine sp- uh, spokesman Lionel Hollins? <laughs> did they, um, did, am I wrong or did, did Avery Johnson coach the Nets? That sounds right. Right? <laughs> I mean, Byron Scott did. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I mean, he he did a good job. I mean, Jason Kidd was sort of the coach, but uh, yeah, d- there's a weird like like having yeah he did career coach the Nets Chuck, yeah he did late coach career the Nets. Chuck Daly. Uh, come on, how good was that John Calipari or oh, Kiki Vandaway coached them for a year? <laughs> I don't remember that. Avery Johnson, PJ Carlissimo, Jason Kidd, Lionel Hollins. And then the Atkinson era. So, do you think Kid burned that bridge? Could they bring him back? Oh man! Oh, that'd be great. It'd like, be really and funny. it's like the homecoming too. That like he's back, guys, and then he gives an <laughs> inspirational <laughs> monosyllabic speech. Would he and Kyrie like each other? No, right? Uh-huh. Well, I kind of think a lot of those Olympic guys like him. Like, I mean, KD would <laughs> like him. I think. I think KD does like him. I think DeAndre yeah. likes him. Um, I mean, Kuroks and Musa, those guys have no idea what the fuck is going well, on Kuroks at any needs moment. to be anyway. deported, so... That's true. That's true. <laughs> Musa, Musa really, really tried to get in a fight with the Raptors today. He, like, <laughs> he like suckered the refs into calling a flagrant one on Fred Van Vliet for just, like, wrapping him up on a layup attempt. Uh, so Sean, my question, my next question for you is how many of the people on the Nets who played in the bubble do you want the Warriors to sign next year? Like three of them, I think? Name them. Name, name Uh, them. Tyler Johnson. Yeah, me too. Uh uh, Timothy, Timothy Luwabu Cabarro. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, for sure. I mean, Joe Harris, baby. Joe Harris. I definitely want him to sign Joe Harris. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the Nets are just going to re-sign him. But yeah, like all of those guys, I'm like, I could see that, like, Tyler Johnson in particular, I was like, damn, that's I can see that working. And I don't think either of those guys is gonna be demanding big money or anything, but Yeah, like I I'm like I can I can I mean see TLC this. might get a weird actual big contract based on how he's played. Because yeah. he's still like twenty one years old or whatever. But um Alright, uh what are you gonna miss most about the Nets? Um I I was kind of into their bubble team, just like these. I I like the fact that it was a bunch of de- okay. So in the, I was always trying to judge who was going to win these games based on like motivation. Mm-hmm. It seemed to be the key, and there were, that last game with the Blazers where the Nets were already the seven seed and it didn't matter, but all the guys on the Nets had no job security for the next year, mm-hmm. and it was just this like fun matchup of like playoff ambition versus like personal job security ambition so i don't know man i i always liked watching the nets last year i found this year's incarnation not fun and then the bubble nets were again like weird and fun Mm -hmm. bubble nets were so fun loved them love karis lavert love all those weird guys loved watching tyler johnson play Chris uh, Chioza. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that he kind of undercut Kyle, Kyle Lowry's Lowry for today. today. Get yeah. well soon, Kyle. I think he's going to be okay. I think he might miss like ten days. Um. All right. I think that's all the time we have to talk about today. We'll do the rest of the playoffs 
later this week. Like, well, there's let's nothing. Do, but no, these, as, these as people like, get eliminated, yeah. let's get out of here. Let's uh, do it. Yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah. You're right. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, okay. Sean, anything you want to plug? Uh, definitely just check out roundballrock.net. That's the, that's the thing I'm plugging. Yeah, it's a good. Uh, it's a it's a good time. There's a good Pierre Pompelmus video too. You can find yeah. on my Instagram at George Center. Um, as for me, you can always follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz, where 13 hours ago I tweeted, "I always feel like everyone else's masks seem much more comfortable than mine." <laughs> well, that is that is a really that is a cla- Frankie is back, is yeah. what I'm saying. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, trust the. Oh, Sean, did you write a song? I did. I did a collaboration with uh, Montrez Harrell and uh, the band Wild Cherry, mm-hmm. and the song's called "Luca, You're a Bitch Ass White Boy." All right. Uh, trust the process. Trust the process. And uh, shut it down. Trade Ben Simmons to the Golden State Warriors, please. Pretty please. Hey. Reverse racism. Hey, hey. Once I was a young small forward. Playing in a foreign land. Never had no problems they got tough, bull band would throw hands. Then I bumped into Montres Harrell. Told him not to flop on the floor. Yes, I did. And we got double tacticals, uh-huh. Though the game had 40 minutes to go. Yeah, they were grabbing and pushing and switching on the picking. And after scoring on me, Montrez Hitch turned around and shouted, Luca, you're a bitch-ass white boy. Luca, you're a bitch-ass right. Luca, you're a bitch-ass white boy. You talk more trash than boogie. That's nine more words than I've heard from Kawhi. From Kawhi? All right, listen here. I tried to heal my ankle. But Clay Travis was losing his mind. And Ethan Strauss, he was so thankful. A new reason for ratings decline. So still I kept on driving. Going at Reggie Jackson all day. He's no good. I said, I'm a shooter three while time is running out. Don't need Porzingis to win this game. Well, we were clapping and jumping. Seth Curry was in a hurry. And just when I hit the shot, somebody near Doc Rivers shouted, Luca, you're a bitch ass white boy. Luca, you're a bitch ass right. Luca, you're a bitch ass white boy. Paul George played like duty, and that shot's gonna make Steve Ballmer cry. Make Ballmer cry? He's gonna cry. Alright, gonna play some statistically efficient basketball. Ladies and gentlemen, on guitar, Chris Stapps Porzingis. 
At first it wasn't easy Dealing with those trash-talking words But still, I think it's more racist When Bill Simmons says I'm like Larry Bird Oh, but now Montrez said he's sorry He's oh so sorry I'm making that big leap now, you'll see but I'll never lose this series, you know I won't. If Boban cannot score play a P. When he was breaking and tripping and gramming with the known sap. But after a great game, all Ernie Johnson talked about was Luca Yarabitch as white boy. Luca Yarabitch as right. Luca, you're a bitch ass white boy. He rode in John Kasich, and now hundreds of thousands had to die. That's my neato stat, Ernie. That blood's on your hands. Hey, you know who else wore a bow tie? Tucker Carlson. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 